What is up, everybody? It is Jeffrey Lyles. You were rocking with Lyles Movie Files. Joining me today, one and only little brother. How are you? Um, I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Outstanding. Jay King, how's everything with you? Everything is love, man. How, how, how are you, gentlemen? Good, good. Uh, before we get started, quick serious note. Um, heart, our, we are definitely thinking about all of our Asian American and Asian community listeners out there for this craziness that is it won't end, ever end seemingly. And uh, we're definitely standing with you through this crazy time. All right, so now Absolutely. let's get on with this episode. Jace. Our ride with the Bachelor and Matt James' experience is over. Are you heavily traumatized? Were you shocked? And did you appreciate the thickness of one Matt Harden James beard? There's a lot to unpack, just like uh, Matt's beard on that one. Well, uh, the uh, ride was interesting. Uh, Sadly, the conclusion was almost what you'd expect in the first Black Bachelor during uh, <laughs> way too much social justice. I mean, rightfully so, but that was, he did not, he, he was put in a very unenviable position. And then to find out at the end of all that, hey, did you know your fiance was at an antebellum ball, you know, the before the war? <laughs> and, you know, and you, out of, out of four women, you pick the one Caucasian woman, and this is the one you get. You're like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Literally insert the Homer Simpson gif on repeat. Or, or Sideshow Bob, where he's just stepping on rake. Oh, no, that's the Sideshow Bob definitely on that one. It's like, just, I mean, it, it's like, Alia, everybody, everybody else is like, Matt, did you have a conversation kind of, hey, you do know I'm a black man. And if you're with me, you're going to have to deal with everything you see on TV. You're going to have to deal with that. And that's going to be kind of your life, too, now. And if we have kids, that's going to be their lives. Did you think to have that conversation or just kind of gloss over that one? I had several favorite parts about this after the final rose. My first was when he said, and then it dawned on me that Rachel may not know what it's like to be a black man in America. And I was like, dude, you know who would have known what it's like to be a black person in America? All of the black women that you sent out. Uh, the ones you just couldn't see yourself with because you just weren't feeling. And didn't. And, and again, it was like, hey, Matt, you want to tell Michelle why you're not with her? No, I really don't. Nah, he was like, I, I don't want any parts of that. I'm not trying to talk to an angry black woman right now. I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> But, hey, I need you to understand what it's like being a black man. Yeah. Good job there, Matt. I was like, man, you know, this is this is, this is is the sound of the last bit of sympathy pissing away from you right now. Um, <laughs> well, again, what I think it was when we were all saying, like, he's got a one out of four chance not to choose a typical <laughs> winner of the show. We know what, what, who's going to be the winner, though. <laughs> it was just, oh, come on. Inside oh, another Matt, Homer Simpson. I like those eyes. <laughs> It was so just like, Matt, we're not saying you got to choose for love, man. Hey, that's in the real realism of the world. You should choose whatever you want. And if you were vibing with her, at least I had a gut to tell, hey, uh, I actually am really feeling Rachel more. 
he didn't have to really. I mean, he could have said that to everyone in the Final Four. He's sending home like, hey, I'm really feeling somebody. Just I really, it's the only girl I said I love you to versus everyone else on the ace said, hey, I love you. I think I'm falling in love with you. You keep that same energy. I'm sending you home tomorrow. Thank you. Please allow me to kiss you so as to distract you from you not recognizing oh, that I'm like Jedi mind tricks with that. It's like, it's like I think I love. Haha, good. Yeah. It, it was like, it was so funny like, when I finally noticed it. I'm like, every time he's saying that, they're saying that, he's like, thanks for really sharing that. And then he's yeah. like, wait, he's, he's not saying anything nice to these girls. He's just making out with him like, I don't want to talk anymore. Right. Don't well, <laughs> talk. Don't talk. Just listen. Go ahead. Say, say Devontae. It's like, but. It was like, and then. What, oh, and then his mother just totally dragged up all his childhood trauma. By the way, if you love someone, they're going to leave you, son. <laughs> like, Matt like- needs, needs some serious couch time so he can just put all this on the side and be like, listen, my daddy left my mom, and I'm afraid that's what's going to happen with me. I mean, I, mean, I, I would have thought he would have got that out before the show. But then he br- tries to drag his father in there. And like, hey, I'm gonna have my dad tell, talk and say he was a horrible father. I'm not apologizing for that. Uh, what? Yeah. I got you on TV to apologize. His, his dad was over. like, <laughs> his dad was like, thank you. Let's talk it out. Like, it was very hilarious. He's like, are you trying to like, hey, I don't want you to apologize for anything. I'm just trying to explain you that what happened to our, you know, our relationship. It was over. We we we, we grew in different spaces. Yeah, that's your fault, man. And I blame yeah. you for everything I had. Literally every relationship that I've tried to get into since then. I'm not oh. wanting part of that. But, but you need to. No, you could have, you know. You you know my phone number well enough to call me for the bachelor trying to have this heart-to-heart on camera that you could have talked to me when you were 15. So. Wow, yeah, yeah. That was, that was very therapeutic, and it was trash with one conversation with his mother. Oh, no, no. It was more fun when he decided to always bring it up with all the girls after he had that conversation, even if it made no sense in the conversation. He's yeah. like, but yeah, I had a great, uh, you know, my dad was good. Did I mention I talked to my dad? Yeah, yeah, that was really good. I know you said you love me, but don't ignore that. You know, I'm, yeah, we're, we're on this now. We're on me now. We're, we're past that. Yeah. But now, did you, after, you didn't mention, did you love on the after the rose where Matt really couldn't be bothered to actually talk? It was just blubbering. My favorite part on that was when, oh boy, Emmanuel Echo, who sounded like a robot when he talked in the show. I assumed he was just trying to be sympathetic because he went in on both Matt and Rachel. I was like, oh, there you go. Welcome to the show. Um, I will need to make sure that the Bachelor budget includes a larger suit for him next time. Nah. It's like he was about to rah! He was trying to hulk out of that thing. I mean, he really was. It's a whole, hey, it's, it's hard finding a good tailor in COVID. So he was like, I got what I got. I put on some COVID weight. I've been hitting the gym. It is what it is. Yeah. But, but yeah, he was like, do you guys want to have a final embrace? And Matt was like, I can't see past my hands. <laughs> no, Matt was having no parts of a hug. It was like, Matt, I didn't think, I mean, it's like, what else did she say during that conversation that you couldn't even bother having a hug, like, peace out, enjoy your journey, you know, you need to really work on that, but I'm not here for it. He was like, nah, I just think you need to work on yourself. He was like, I don't have 
energy to to wipe away your tears. I mean, that's like the the opposite of a wedding vow. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, he's like. I mean, he was so honest with it. I don't think you know. Everybody wants to see you know the first black bachelor you know in this show's history in the show with an engagement. There's probably something else they're expecting from me too, but that ain't. Gonna, we know that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> we knew that wasn't gonna happen when he just said in the very first episode, "I have a lot of responsibility, and I don't want to have to do something just because I'm the first black bachelor." Hold on, I'll translate. I don't want to have to pick a black woman, okay? Uh, Matt, do you also know as a first back black bachelor, you probably should get engaged to set a trend? Nah, I ain't feeling that. Uh, so what are you doing on this show? I want to make out with a lot of women. Yeah, I'm processing my trauma with my dad. All right, so we also watched some other things. First off, The Walking Dead. Let's just break it down through the week. The Jake King. This was an interesting episode Sunday. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I feel like they probably, I really would have liked it had they ended it like two minutes early. Uh, honestly, Jeff, I'm, I, I say this about it. This is one of those episodes. This was an episode that could have saved this show some seasons earlier, right? It was really strong, right? Like, it, it was, was like, oh, really okay. good. And shout out to Robert Patrick, man, and the writers of that episode. It was, it was, it started slow because you know what? One thing I hate of these dramatic episodes of The Walking Dead that go nowhere. <laughs> like we don't get anything out of it other than okay, this was uh uh uh, uh progressing a storyline of two characters that we don't give a shit about. <laughs> you know, I hate those episodes of that show. <laughs> but this wasn't that. This was two characters that we've kind of especially with Gabriel, we've grown to invest in. I've loved his, his transformation throughout this, especially the last few seasons. And uh, uh, Aaron's character has always been solid from day one since his first introduction. I said, do they don't they do the same thing kind of with Strawn and uh, Fear the Walking Dead too? Like he's been in relationship, but he is strand. Strand. Yeah, he's a person, and his sexuality is part of him, but it's not somehow the defining feature, which a lot of shows and TV makes instead of making like, hey, these are if you met this person in real life, this is what you meet. It wouldn't be just the sexualities. I'm a person and my name's Anakin. Right. <laughs> wow. That was a nice dig. That was well timed and everything. That was that was, wow. that was fucking you brilliant. Know, yeah. Chef kisses Chef from kiss all of us. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well done. Well done. Absolutely. So, yeah, but, but Javon, my thing with this episode was I kind of like that whole ambigu- <laughs> ambiguous nature of, hey, is Gabriel kind of losing it without the, yo, this dude was crazy. They didn't need to kill him. And I think I would have preferred the ending to just be like, yeah, I don't know about Gabriel right now. You know, you know Jeff, I, I think it was really good to see that ending where we saw the twin because it was it was like Hitchcock it was like either Hitchcock or Twilight Zone where oh my god I didn't expect to see that you know and I, yeah. I appreciated that uh but you touched on it Gabriel's psyche during this time I don't think so much that Gabriel's losing it I think he's finally assimilating to the world that he's in he's not sheltered anymore because mm-hmm. if, if, if if you 
remember his art from the early days of his character, he was afraid to be in this world. He was really afraid to be in that world. And, sure. and the, he was shook. The, the horrors of that world got to him. It, it scared him. Over time, he's had to embrace the gray areas of the world that he's in. And we got to see that in this episode. And I'm going to tell you something. The way he finessed Maze, the character, <laughs> Patrick Day, yeah. And that was that was brilliant. He finessed him, man. He yo yo. And when he lulled him in and he, you know, got him to 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 relax and let down his guard and get emotional with him, I thought, oh man, they just made a friend and then BAM! Dude, I didn't <laughs> I was like I didn't see it coming at all. But you know who who really sold it to me was Aaron because Aaron yeah. didn't see it coming. Yeah. And he was like, you do that for? <laughs> and then Gabriel's explanation, he killed his brother. We can't take him back with us. It made sense. Yeah. sense. That's, and that's the thing right there. And I was watching that, and I was like, man, that's something Rick would have did. Yeah, yeah. That's what Rick would have did. He, he took him right off. Yeah. Yep. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing. I think the strength of this season will rely 100% on how little we see Carol and Daryl. We focus on other characters. I'm all in. Like the episode with Maggie, I was into it. Daryl was there, but it wasn't like he was the focal point. But for the most part, when we've seen them without those two in the spotlight, because we know they're going to survive, oh. it's been really good. But don't you want to see the search for Daryl's lost love? I mean, which will make the basis of the spinoff? Actually, of course, of course. Hey Jace, I'm telling you, I'm I'm looking forward to that storyline getting tied up or uh, them exploring that one. Uh, one I want to see definitely is Maggie and Negan. What happens there? At some point, Negan's gonna have to come face to face with her and her son. Yeah, that's, that's, that's gotta happen. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that Angela King is going to shortchange us on that. There has been something that she's set up. Yeah, he would have. There's something, there's nothing that she's set up that she hadn't paid off. And in, I want to say 99% of the time, paid off well. So we'll see where this goes. All right, Jace, it's that time. Um, Flash wrapped up its sixth season, three episodes into season seven. And for the first time that I've been watching The Flash, I felt like maybe it's time for us to find a break pad push them real hard, and think if we need a season eight. You didn't care as much as I did about the, hey, let's throw Ralph in and let's melt his face. And let's give him a Daft Punk helmet just to keep him in there. I thought it was lame. I felt like they were on the run. We'd already effectively written them off only to be like, hey, there's a chance that he'll come back as a different actor. I don't know why they didn't just didn't do that in this episode. Uh I thought, I mean, I thought today would have been a, after melting his face, for some reason, I mean, Ralph can't get back to that old face. I mean, I mean, he had to work very hard after DeVoe to get back to that one. It's like, for some reason, the muscles just aren't working. So this is new Ralph. And you know what? Put some science, have Caitlin do some sciencey reason on why it makes sense. And we'll just say, you know what? Sure. We knew it was coming. All right, we're we're okay with it. But it also 
quite, I mean, it doesn't quality. It moves two characters off the team who don't need to be there. So it's actually a good thing instead of like, hey, why is Ralph still here? And why is um, Chester here? Why is Allegra? Allegra, why is uh, the girls friend here? Why is Iris even here? Jeez, I mean, I mean, and, and we still got Cecile with her powers kicking around, and she's probably going to be on the show. I mean, in, in Team Flash Bunker too much, too. So Hey, listen, I'm not going to have you say any words about Cecile. Hey, that's, hey, that's the only black romance we actually got in CW, so. Exactly. We're going to hold it down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, again, and, and, I, and I say this, I gave them a pass on these three episodes because they are the finale of last season. It's like whatever they wanted to do did not get wrapped up. Ralph, old Ralph actor, instead, I mean, 10 years ago, but still stupid stuff. They, they made a choice to get rid of him. They had to work through that. I mean, hey, you know, I, heard, I heard something that was kind of interesting. Apparently, the, the research staff on The Flash are the same people that do background checks on The Bachelor. Yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. Checks, yeah. yeah. No, it's like, hey. Quick Google search of these people. Or I'm sorry, it's usually that messy thing called Twitter. If <laughs> you have that before your breakout role, delete that, delete that ish, and then start a new one. Like, I had no social media presence until. Nah, that was a that was a joke account my friend was doing. You can't prove nothing. I had nothing to do with that. And just can't and keep it moving. Um, don't worry about getting that old count verified and all that mess. Like, no, just go, go to the next one. And nice. and just say, hey, yeah, you can't prove it. Doesn't even have my IP address. We're, we're moving on. Good job. Uh, right. Moving on. Superman and Lois. This show feels like night and day from The Flash. Like, it's a totally different superhero TV universe. It feels like something they could make a movie out of. And quality is strong. Fight scenes are showing Superman uses powers in different and unique ways. Like when he took old boy and froze him and it started beating him down. I was like, yo, that's something we haven't even seen in a movie or a cartoon. That was really good. Um, I love Tyler Hoshlin, Elizabeth Tullett. They are perfectly cast in those roles. Like when, when she went off as Lois, chewing out Morgan Edge and General Lane. I was like, yes, that is Lois Lane. And that was the vibe I had never gotten from uh, my girl Amy Adams in the Snyderverse. I wish we could just move her into the Snyderverse, but, you know, it's too confusing for them. But, man, she's so good. Tyler Hoechlin just gets the whole Superman-Clark Kent dynamic down. Um, I don't want to be like, oh, he's better than everybody except Christopher Reeve. But I think his take is really, really good in a superhero TV show featuring Superman and Lois. What do you think? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go on to your last point. I think they actually made him a, a Tyler, a well-rounded Superman character. Uh, they made his Clark Kent not useless. They made him, I mean, he's not a reporter, but it's like he's learning to throw him into his new role as a kind of much more present father who's going to be good at that sometimes. But again, it's, like somebody being a newborn, uh, having a newborn. It's like sometimes you're not going to get everything right. And they do a good balancing act of that. Um, and let's say it's like, as, as I commented to you, the like scene where him and Lo- Lois are, uh, 
or getting into Sam Langs, that was like a tag team. Like, oh, that was y'all look like y'all been doing this for years. I think that's. I mean, I think they were on some other show together, but it's like they're the lines they write for these guys is actually like, oh, okay, this you guys actually look like a much more fleshed out show than any of the CW stuff. I mean, like, and I, I, I like they go very much like Black Lightning. I think. Uh, like they actually look like they got the family dynamics down perfect and like even this one was like oh he's I mean Superman is fighting this non-powered bad guy but it's like they came up with something for him to do that it's like hey Superman has to handle this he has to use his power a power we hadn't seen in the first four episodes I mean you know it, it looked I mean the special effects on it looked really good like when he was getting shot and his ear was like his face was lighting up it's like even just small stuff is like okay y'all have i mean again y'all you guys look like you got it i it just as i as i i joke with my can y'all keep this energy for five seasons because that's what sucks on these cw shows it's like they come out to get really good or really bad and need some work or season two is like really good and then that season three is like uh well okay uh, I, uh you know we'll, we'll give them a mulligan on this one and I think kind of I'm probably giving Flash a mulligan on this season. It's like, but it's like, okay, you guys got rid of all the good speeds for villains, and now, and you got rid of the rogue. So now, what do you do with Flash to make it good and use all these characters you got on payroll that you really don't need? Bring in a new wealth, Chief. What's up, man? I know you've been watching Superman and Lois. We have long complained about a lack of good Superman in live action. What do you think of this show so far? Uh, it's been pretty decent. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of enjoyed them moving back to Smallville, the dynamic with the kids. Uh, you know, Lois uh, still getting in trouble. You know, <laughs> I, I like the uh, the little call button she has for him. Uh, she was like... Uh, He's like, that's not gonna uh, hurt me. She was like, click up. <laughs> so yeah, that part was pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's been a decent show so far. Um, I didn't did I didn't see this week's episode, but I'm gonna go probably watch it tomorrow. But last week's episode was really good, so I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I haven't seen The Flash or Batgirl or none of them, and this is the only uh, super show superhero show I've watched so far this season. I haven't even seen Black Lightning, although I have been DVRing it. I just haven't gotten around to it, but this Superman thing is, is pretty damn good so far. I think you're perfectly fine skipping Batwoman, a.k.a. the search for Kate Kane, and I think you can pretty much resume Flash starting with this coming weeks, because basically it's the start of season seven, mm-hmm. and they reset to hopefully do something better than the admittedly complicated finale of last year. They had a lot of stuff to work around. So like Jace, I'm giving them a pass. For me, the real season starts next week and where they go from that point will determine a lot. Yeah. Have they gotten Iris out the mirror? Yeah, she's out the mirror now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got to watch yeah, for that. That's where I left it too. That's where I left it too. I was like, seen this mirror i'm so tired of this show and then covid i'm like all right well all right yeah let's give him mulligan on that yeah gunner it just it felt like it was too long because we've basically been through a pandemic since 
that storyline started. And right. she'd been in the mirror for a whole damn year, basically. Yeah. She was like, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just felt so long. And it wasn't the gr- – it was okay. I think if they had gotten it out in a normal span of time, it would have been fine. We would have moved on. But it was just like, we waited for this? Wow, okay. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> they had they had the Black Lightning people in a cave for like three or four episodes, so she might have been I'm in the mirror for a minute. I'm on Black Lightning season three because of that. I'm so bored with Jefferson in prison. And I'm like, yo – I don't watch the show called Black Lightning to watch Black Lightning in prison. Again, I know Black saying Lightning it's going to be Black Lightning picks up, and Chief, just to give you a warning, this season has actually been really good. Uh, I, it does pick up. Okay. Yeah, and and it's it's actually sad that this is the final season of Black Lightning because it there if looking at the two super, I mean all the CW superhero shows, it's Lois and Superman and Lois, and then Black Lightning, and then Flash and yeah, whatever else you got. Well, Jace, just because we can't have good things, there's a COVID outbreak on Superman and Lois. So the show is going no. to go on a bit of a hiatus. Oh, but what are we getting instead? Yeah. You know, that was just, tomorrow? I was, last week, I was really excited because I was like, we finally cured COVID. It's done. And now Superman and Lois is on hiatus because of COVID. And Supergirl's final season is going to start. Um, in a few more weeks. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get like, you know, the first seven episodes would be great. I and then the other five. 25 will be terrible. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think honestly, a little bit of a it's break a isn't a bad thing for Superman and Lois because it's been really good. And I think that when it comes back, it will still be good. And just based off of the timing, it's probably better for it to fade out while it's still got people excited. While the Falcon Winter Soldier does this thing on Disney Plus, mm, shows up, maybe Black Widow makes it to theaters, maybe not. And I think when it comes back, it'll be like, oh, cool, a good CW show that we're looking forward to watching because we already know how good it was. Right. So oh, I was talking about Supergirl being the first seven episodes sucking, or oh, being oh. great, and then like the rest of them suck. Um, I was talking about that. Gunner, yeah. it could be any seven. It's not the first seven. It's not the last seven. It's just seven. <laughs> somewhere in the... there's somewhere there's seven great yeah. episodes, and the twenty-four episodes that they give us, great. Yeah. Um, do you think man, they'll, I think do you think they'll do like out of the last season? They'll literally be like, all right, we will make the best version of this show we've ever made to have. Kara go out on a high note and explain why she's not around after this season. Hey, you know, I think I think if they just do what they did with Arrow, it'll be wait, 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 that's a really Jeff, that was trash. No, 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 that's, no, no, that's a bad no, example. No. No. I mean, hey, if we were gonna use it to be a I mean a backdoor pilot to Superman and Lois, it would have actually made sense. But we screwed that up and we just actually made a full fleshed out Superman show that's just been 20 times better than anything we've seen on that whole show. Yeah, I think exactly. Supergirl is really going to look bad in comparison to Superman and Lois, just from the effects. Unless they do something, they, they got to step it up. They, yeah. They're not going to. They, they've I don't know, man. On a measure of consistency and mediocrity that I don't think they're going to overcome. So yeah. I have a theory on why Superman is really good. Well, I'd love Besides, to you know, great writing and stuff, because they're following the comic book. Every other Superman iteration has followed a movie. 
Christopher Reeves movie or a, or a TV show or even a cartoon. It feels like even the writing here and the banter between Lois and Clark and all that. Hell, Lois and Clark didn't even the show called Lois and Clark didn't even have the greatest banter. And probably then it did, but when you look back at it, you're like, I don't know. It's not like the comics, you know. And this one, you really can't see that. These guys are actually like skipping the Christopher Reeves template. They're skipping, you know, even the the some of the cartoons in the '80s and '90s. Like, they're just saying, no, we're going straight for the comics. We're not going for any interpretations of, of Superman right now, other than what we got here. And then we'll throw in this father role. That's all they need. That's all they did. That's all they need to do. And that's what I think they're doing well, um, compared to, like, pretty much all the CW shows except Flash in the first season of Black Lightning. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to seeing it play out. I, I'm still not loving the teen drama, but that's just the consequence of being on the CW. I think right. even though I don't love the teen drama, they're doing a pretty decent job. I don't know how long I can feel that way about it, but so far it's like, eh, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm kind of indifferent on it, but it, yeah. it isn't making me fast forward through the teen scenes yet. Yeah, it's not annoying, but it's not something I want to, like, grasp onto as, like, this is why I'm watching the show. It's like Dawson's yeah. Creek. It's exactly <laughs> like Dawson's Creek, where I'm like, eh, there it is. But, you know, it's not a terrible show, but I just can't get into it. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Superman has a Superman, and we actually have Superman and Lois. <laughs> I think the real problem for me is that Superman and Lois' scenes are so good. And they're so yeah. well done that I'm like, I just wanted to focus on them. Can we get more of them? Because right. it's like Black Lightning where they're just jumping ahead to, hey, their teenagers are really cool too. And it's like, eh, but I'd rather just focus on the people you name show up. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, um, Warner Brothers screwed me. So I was not able to watch <laughs> the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I'm going to oh. watch it tomorrow like everybody else. I can't Sorry. believe it. I'm so disappointed. Hey, anyway, I'll get like over it. Steerage, man. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll manage. I, I may. I told them to stay tuned for my review. Um. However, the early buzz is Warner Brothers is out of their minds, stupid, if they don't find a way to keep this going. And maybe Zack Snyder should have control over all of his movies that he edits in the future. Okay. And, hey, we need more of this. Well, and I, I will give them a slight, slight, I understand Warner Brothers' position. Because at one point they said that he was going to end up killing some of the heroes. It's like, I know that might seem like a great idea, but you don't need to get in the point of killing off heroes. It's like, we just, just make it so we don't have them. You're, you already killed off Superman two movies in, so it's like, we don't need to have you kill off, say, Batman in the third movie, and we can't use it, we, I mean, we act like we can't find another Batman if we're going to create this universe, since we've already killed off uh, Robin, so there's no Nightwing we can bring in to replace him, so it's like, if you're already telling us you're taking this to a really dark place, we probably don't want it, because we want to be able to make 10 years of movies, you know, making billion dollar movies, of course, they make 10 years of movies and only have five movies to show for them, but different story. 
So. <laughs> I think Zach needs somebody in the early process of the plot to go, okay, let's not do that. I think when he actually makes the movie, it looks cool. He really knows how to create iconic imagery of the characters where it looks like great posters. And it's like, oh, man, this embodies Superman or this captures Wonder Woman. And this is what Batman and Aquaman, et cetera, would look like. Um, another thing that I'm seeing is that the arc with Cyborg, really good. Who knew? Um, maybe, oh boy, Ray Fisher had a reason to be upset about the Josh Whedon cut. Who knew? Mm-hmm. So, fellas, I would like to ask if you can carve out four hours of time between now and next week so we can break this down and see what we think about the Snyder cut and how much Warner Brothers needs to go forward with this Snyder verse. I, think uh, I shall do so. Man, you want to see that between the NCAA tournament, Winter Soldier? You're asking a lot of us, man. I do. And see, you're not doing it the Jet way. You said Winter Soldier. Please put the Falcon at the beginning of that title, sir. Yeah. Right. Okay. Speaking of, since you did say that, and since Disney does love me, I did see the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And, oh, my gosh. Yo, I know we were excited. We were pleasantly surprised about WandaVision. I don't know if we're going to be pleasantly surprised with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it's going to meet our expectations and in a lot of cases exceed them. Um, I mean, it's what you would expect from a Marvel show featuring two characters at this point. Great character development with people who we've seen kind of on the periphery, who we never really got to know that in depth. So they have plenty of room to flesh them out further. And Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan have a really good handle on their characters. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's just like, it's fun watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe on the TV, knowing I'll get weekly installments of this high level of quality. Where are you guys on your level of anticipation for the Falcon and Winter Soldier? Chief. My fault. I had to do. You said the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. My anticipation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. I, you know, I, I've always liked, you know, uh, the shit they did a whole movie with the uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So you got a good glimpse at them throughout that movie. Um, I mean, the Falcon, of course. You know, he was in the, everything. You know, all the Avengers joints. So. Um, and I like Anthony Mackie as a uh, as an actor anyway, um, so I think it's gonna be funny. Actually, I got a feeling that uh, during this thing I'm gonna do a lot of laughing. Um, so it's it's pretty. I think it's gonna be pretty good. I think it's gonna be a pretty good show. Pretty dynamic. Um, lots of action, and I think they're definitely going to also introduce other characters and situations that we haven't seen. I, I have a feeling like people will be coming in there that we haven't, um, you know, haven't seen in this Marvel universe yet. So, um, and, and to maybe introduce, introduce the new uh, set of Marvel heroes coming along. Um, so they might be using this as a springboard to a whole new set of movies. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, the, the original Avengers people have retired. You know, Captain America, Iron Man's dead, Hulk's arms messed up. Uh, Black you know, Widow's dead. 
Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so all these things are are going on right now, and uh, I think that uh, you know maybe this is a prequel to redoing the Marvel universe all over again. Wow. Yeah. DC kind of just spins its, its its wheels in the mud. So keep hitting the brake. I'm gonna back out now. Okay, right. Gunner, Malcolm Spellman is the showrunner for The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and he is a black man. And it's very refreshing listening to Falcon's dialogue and knowing, yep, yep, yep. He he actually sounds like he is a black dude that you have a regular conversation with and with concerns and issues that matter to a black dude. What are your thoughts on the show? Oh, I'm ready for it. Uh, it looked like they were definitely like giving Mackie's character Falcon here in the MCU the the treatment that Marvel gave Falcon alone for a long time. Remember, he was just a sidekick for a minute, right? A while. And then they kind of gave him his full-blown thing even before the Captain America um, handoff, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm going to see that. And just because, I mean, even the first scene of like the first and second trailer, like, what's your plan? I ain't got no plan. Peace. Like, it looks like he's going to form his own self. And whether that's a, like, I don't know if we're going to see the arc of, oh, I got to find myself, uh, you know, let me go find um, Kane again and find myself, you know, <laughs> as the as the bad girl, bad woman, whatever I am. You know, I feel like we're going to get a real like, hey, I'm already here. I've been this dude. I just need to figure out how I'm supposed to be myself, this dude and Captain America. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're going to get a better arc on that kind of take of replacing, you know, of, of trying to, like, replace another character in a way or however that's supposed to be. Um, so I'm excited very, about Mackie's character. Hmm? Yeah, I think you'll be very pleased then. Okay. Jay King, what, then, what are you thinking about it? Oh, sorry. I'm looking forward, man. The trailers look good. Um, and, you know, like, you, that little bit of inside information about, you know, the writing for uh, 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 Anthony Mackie's character, the Falcon. I'm always skeptical about the dialogue for a, a brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you said, they get us wrong so many times, man. They give us the bad haircut. You know, they make us say things and talk in a manner we, you know, not to say we're all, you know, uh, uh, uniform, but sometimes we really get done greasy in regards to how we're portrayed. And that's the one thing I've liked about this character is that he seems like a real dude, like not what somebody's interpretation of him should be or what have you. He seems like, hey, this is Anthony Mackie for real. Like he's got that leeway to play himself or be himself in the character. So I'm, I'm that part I'm looking forward to. Um, the action, uh, like I said, the trailer is, is, is nice. So hopefully they do it some real justice. I think this is going to be like, it's, it's Disney, so it's gonna have a budget. It's not gonna look cheap and stupid. It, it, it's gonna be like a movie you're watching every week. So I'm, I'm really looking at yeah. it. I'm really looking forward and, to it. And the first episode was like 45 minutes, which is just long enough to forget that you're watching the TV show because there's no commercial breaks. And it's like, shoot, what's this credit coming in here for? Oh, right, right. You're a TV show. You're not a movie. 
I never felt like I was watching a TV show. I mean, that was crazy because the effects, the fight scenes, I was like, man, these jokers are like giving me a movie on the on the small screen now. And I don't know if I care about their movies at this point because like Eternals, Black Widow, uh, okay, that's nice. But more Falcon and Winter Soldier, please. I think that's the point, right? Because then yeah, when they come out with the movie, you're like, bang, oh my god. I don't know. This, this slate of their movies is not exciting. But I'm sure once, I mean, because I feel like I've seen 80 Black Widow trailers and none of the internals. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Can I get more uh, Hawkeye and can show me a little bit of that Armor Wars or War Machine? I mean, those are the things on the Marvel calendar yeah. I'm actually looking forward to. Now I will be in the theater to watch the Fantastic Four movie, but that may be the first one until Thor that I'm excited about. We'll see. What about Multiverse of Madness? I think that comes out 2022. I mean, it's a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, that, that seems like a long time from now. It's a whole pandemic from now. Um, I started watching because I was telling the fellas, I have been so bored with these bad movies that I've watched so far in 2021, where everybody's like looking at their fingernails and gazing at the ceiling and just telling about how bad their life is. I'm like, I need some fun in my movie viewing. So I've been watching movies that are fun to me. So I'm looking forward to watching the Snyder Cut or Justice League. But I've been watching Fast and the Furious. And if you want a fun movie series, that's, I don't think there's few that will top that in terms of just sheer, hey, where's your brain? I don't know. I left it at the door somewhere. But because I took it out, I can't tell you where it is. So I figured in the spirit of a little bit of March Madness, we would break down the best versions of a bunch of franchises. So we'll have a little bit of debate. We'll see how long this goes. But for now, let's start off with Fast and Furious. We've had eight installments. The ninth one is coming maybe this year, maybe. And I think there's three legitimate choices for the best in this franchise. But Maybe you're, like, you're an outlier and just want to be different and just say something crazy like uh, Tokyo Drift. So let's start off with Gunner. What's the best installment for Fast and Furious? That's hard, man. It's between five and seven. No, five, six, and seven, right? Five, three, that's seven. That's the three I'm thinking. Uh, that's, that's it right there. I mean, you got to have to hand it to four to bringing it back. But I don't think four was as great a movie as the other three that I just mentioned, right? So the, which one with the gun to your head are you choosing? Five. Five brought it back for me. I, I was very skeptical about four, and I was like, "Huh." Five made me want to watch four. You get what I mean? And then yeah, yeah. And then six. I think it was six. Made me want to watch three. <laughs> right because of that end scene you know what I mean I was like oh shit they, yeah. they incorporated it alright cool but I, I gun to my head five just because okay. it made me want to rewatch the entire thing again got you Chief how about you ejecto cedo <laughs> <laughs> nah, <You> nah. <laughs> um you know, I, I, I got to give the first one. I got to put the first one in there. Um, that started it off. Uh, 
And then, the first one, if I'm correct, that's when he put the car in gear and did the wheelie. He had that black car. Yeah. And it downshifted and it, it, it wheelied. I think so. I think that was the Don't first hold one. hold me to those stunts. I think it was the first one. Um, he was racing Paul, and I think he downshifted, and that thing lifted up and did a wheelie. The whole car lifted up. Um, this is before, and it was kind of before everything got crazy, because you know, the, yeah. uh, you know what I mean. Like, like, it was, like that was a crazy stunt. <laughs> right, right. I'm not gonna say yeah, because when that when the car lifted up, you're like, oh, now I mean, they, you know, they they jumped, they, you know, they put the cars out of airplanes, they race the submarines, they, you know what I mean? Like, but that first one was normal. Right. It was, it was like they were doing just regular stuff in a sense, even though they, you know, they did some stuff that was impossible, but now they, they're truly, they're really superheroes um, in, these, in these new ones. Um, and so I don't remember the new, I don't remember the numbers because you're like five, six, seven. I'm like, what? 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 So, well, they're basically... Iterations so, of Fast and Furious. So Fast so, and Furious Five is Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, and then Fast Seven. But where are they? They're, I, you know, I forgot. It's so not Fast eight, Five eight, is Brazil. Nine. Okay, yeah, Brazil is the one. That's the one I'm talking about. That was the second one I was going to go with. Brazil. We're in Brazil. It's in Brazil. <laughs> so, so that one there. See, yeah, because see, I can't. You got to tell me where they are in it. Yeah. In um, the sixth one, they're all over. They're mostly in London. Okay, it's but Jason London, Staten, baby. That's when Jason Staten first appeared. Yes, at the end. Yeah. Okay. Seven um, is the one where they're all over, and Jason Statham is chasing them throughout the globe. Right. That's when they introduced um chick from um Game of Thrones. Yeah. Ramses. Thank you. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Where both him and Luda were, Terrence Luda were on her. Uh, yeah, that was the rock. The rock he, he, baby's got to go to work and he rips the cast off. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, number one, Brazil for me. And I know this isn't part of the popular one. Uh, you want to go house and shop? It's because uh, the, the Asian dude died in the Brazil one, right? Uh, no, that was six. He died in three and we saw how he really got killed, sort of, in part six. Which one did Wonder Woman die? Six. Okay, six. so. But, you know, I enjoyed Dubai. Which one was that? That was seven. That was seven. So okay, I'm gonna go with I one. I know, dude. Five, it's like seven. they get really good at five, six, and seven. It's like eh, right. you say one, that, you can't be wrong. That building, that building scene where they were riding that car through that yeah. building in Dubai. Yeah, dog. Building the building. Cinematography right there was great. Yeah, I'm gonna go with one, five, and seven. And like I said, okay. one's kicking it off. Five because Brazil was just a joint. Um, I enjoyed that joint tremendously. And then seven just. The the, the the Dubai factor combined with uh, Tyrese, you know, he was funny in that joint too. He was like, "Let's get this party started." It's your birthday, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> so yeah. And uh, back when you thought Ronda Rousey was a tough girl, so right, yeah. <laughs> don't hit her in the chin. Jay King, how about you? 
I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm really thinking about it because three of those, three of the movies out of the series I really like, and I'm trying to. Uh, I gotta say, at gunpoint, man, five, six, and I'm the wild. I, I, look, I really like Too Fast, Too Furious because it was, it was, it was that early two thousands ridiculous. Yeah. About it, it was so dated and dumb capsule. and cheesy. Yes, yes. And I love that about it. Um, it's like watching Biker Boys now, yo. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Biker Boys because it's so it, – it, it is stuck where it is. It's a product of its time. Who's in Too Fast, Too Fast? That was Tyrese. Uh, that was Tyrese's was first. Mm-hmm. That was in and Luda. That was okay, when he got introduced. Yeah, and and Luda. Luda. He said, you got your taco meat hanging out. Yeah, you got your taco meat hanging out. <laughs> hey, that right there, that man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, she was fine as hell in that movie too. Yep. Um, I, I, those are my three, man. I just, for some reason, Too Fast, Too Furious just sticks out to me because it, it's just it's stuck in that time. It's it does not age well. It is dated as shit. It is <laughs> it is stamped, and I love that about that movie. I'm sorry. I think what I like about Too Fast, Too Furious is the fact that it is so early two thousands. And John Singleton really was like, yo, I'm just going to have fun with this. And this is going to embody yeah. Miami. Everybody's going to be in bikinis. And the car is going to be super neon. And, and <laughs> right, yeah, right there. That part, you just, you, you hit the nail on the head. You described it better than I could. It did not take itself seriously. And I love that about it. Because what are we doing here? We're racing cars, man. Like Chief said, they turned into superheroes. They they run from submarines and shit. I'm like, yeah, all right, all right. What are we even doing anymore? Now they're international spies slash. Oh, they, they're like GI Joe with cars. Like, you know, yeah, man. Until I get a good GI Joe movie, Fast and Furious is just gonna have to do. It's gonna have to do. That's right. We're not gonna get a good GI Joe movie. Sorry. It doesn't seem like it. Jace, what's yours? Uh so. The funny thing is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it easier on mine. I actually, I like them. Uh, Fast Six is my number one because it is them versus the evil. They're evil clones, and I mean, I mean, the fact that Tyrese Evil makes that joke is like, hey man, this is evil us. I mean, they're pretty blonde. That's definitely Brian. I mean, just like now it was. I mean, that had the action. We saw uh, Han and Giselle's death. I mean, you know, what led to. Uh, Han's death in the next movie. I mean, it was just like, that one kind of set up everything. I mean, the next movie really well. And, I mean, then you go to Jason Statham. That is not my actual number two, but that was, it, it sets it up, the story up really well. Uh, my number two, I mean, this might have been, you know, because that is, Javon said, it's like, Fast Furious 2 is just, I mean, it was like funny, like, we literally watched that movie before we went to Miami, and we were like, this is why we're going to Miami. And it was crazy. <laughs> uh, we were like, we're on a Miami kick. It was like, we're watching that, we're watching Bad Boys. And it was like, yeah, this is, I mean, this you get all of Miami. Um, and kind of it's ridiculous. I mean, in that time frame's ridiculousness of it, it was, you saw like some of the building blocks of the series. It was like half the actors in them, in the series start in that movie. And they had the same personality type, which is really cool. Um, trying to think. And, and probably my next one would be 
Yeah, I'm gonna go unpopular again. Uh, I like Tokyo Drift. I mean, it didn't have all there, but I actually, I mean, like the one thing is, I really do like the drifting scenes in that movie. Uh, Tokyo Drift has style to it, which I think mm-hmm. people don't like. It has an intentional tone of this is the style of driving movie. that we're introducing, and we're taking you Americans out of your comfort zone, bringing you to a new land. Um, Lucas Black's character was kind of like whatever, but he was fine as the outsider. Mm-hmm. But the Han was such a cool addition to the race, and it was like, oh man, I want to know more about Han. That whole him and DK, like that stuff was cool. And even Bow Wow, the aspiring WWE rapper slash wrestler, oh, is good for what he's doing in that. And so crazy. It really embodies the whole, let, let's double up on what Tokyo or Two Fast, Two Furious did and show you what Tokyo is working with. Yeah, let's say, and I know you're going to come in and say we're idiots, and I'm okay with it. I'm used to that from you now. Um, but there, there is. You keep saying idiot shit like All Star Superman and Fast and Furious 3. What the I hell? Did. And let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. It's like, you want to go, like, could, could you, I mean, like all the, I mean, there's not a Fast and Furious movie you probably couldn't watch until after. I mean, that last one, Fast Eight, Nine, whatever the heck it was. No, dude, they were fighting a sub. Again, dude, the submarine joint was tight, and I'll give you Tokyo Drift, man. Han was a good character. They didn't spend enough time on him. That was my move. That was my problem okay. with the movie. Okay, but Bow see, Wow, who gives a shit about Bow oh, yeah, Wow? Like, hey. the worst part of that movie, and then the main <laughs> character just wasn't strong enough. Hey, but again, that's and how they took you out we of got, the We team. got rid of those like, who weren't the strongest, yeah. and then we got Han is the one who's with the crew. It perfectly worked out perfectly. Um, and that's why, like five, I was like, oh, there you go. There he is. That's why I love five. Yeah. I, I think that's it's you, you get to drive in and like I said, Hot is the coolest dude. It's like if you guys want a cool character, it's like I'm showing bubblegum. I ain't got no time. He's for the man. coolest dude right. in the franchise. He's so right. cool. And they don't try to play I love how diverse this the whole franchise is. But they go against so many stereotypes that you would see if this was helmed by other people. Like if Michael Bay was mm-hmm. doing it, he would try. And maybe he'd throw in some diversity, but it just wouldn't be the same. And also, Josh Whedon would have all white guys. Oh, doing God. But also yeah. remember, Han was like in this scene where he's like, hey, we're going to fight this dude. He's like, he gets his butt kicked. I mean, it's like, it's not some fake kung fu like he knows he's been growing up on. Yeah, like, dude. I ain't got time for all this. It's like, I'm not a fighter. I, I raise cars, dude. I love that. And... Yeah, so my favorite is six because of the impossibly never-ending runway scene. How amazing <laughs> it is! Like, the fights are just crazy. Like when they start taking those little small race car deals and they're just forklifting cars, that's great. Um, Ronda, Ronda Russell, Gina Carano is like throwing it down with those fight mm-hmm. scenes. Like they can go from physical fights to shoot them out, shootouts. And, like, everything works. Luke Evans is such a great villain in this series. I think he's my favorite because he's he's calculated. And he's like, nah, Toretto, 
I got you. I know how to beat you. You've got a family. Your code is your family. It's a weakness. And he didn't plays up on it. And then we get the tag team fight at the end with Dom and and Hobbs going against the big tank German dude and, and Owen Shaw. It's like, I get hyped watching that movie every time. Like, it's the first time I've watched it. So that was fun. Let's see. Let's go with Mission Impossible next. Tom Cruise, he's working on two more because he doesn't age fast enough to stop the franchise. I will say that these movies have continued to do pretty decent. They've been pretty good. Yeah. And even though I'm like, hey, dude, you're too old, I'm still watching, still enjoying them. So I'm, I'm going to put it out to you. This thing is still doing that well, man. Yeah, I mean, it really good should action not movies. They yeah. were good action movies, though. That's why. Yeah, dude, it's like just gonna fill the gap until somebody comes along and take the crown. All right, so what is the best mission impossible? Uh, Chief, why don't you start off? Uh, I'm gonna say the one with uh, and although the last one I the last one in my memory I could watch with Henry with Henry Cavill, I was that was mm-hmm. that was an excellent movie. Don't get me wrong, the twist or whatever. It's got to be the one with uh, Shorty's father. Um. Uh, John Voight. John Voight. Um, <laughs> the first one. The first one to me was the because at the end when they kind of showing how he created, faked his own death, and yada yeah. yada. I like that first one. Um, and again, like I said, the first one start out normal in a sense, and then <laughs> right. Blows up, <laughs> and the next thing you know, and John Woo gets like, a hold of it. Right. off to the races after you know that. I mean? <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's got some reins, and he's riding. He's riding an airplane, horsey style, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, so these first, like the first couple of movies, is always kind of normal for these long franchises, and then I think that after a while, to keep you in them. They're just like, you know what? We're going to spend $130 million in stunts. And then the whole movie is just action, stunts, and, and then you're just like, oh, wow. And by the time you leave the movie theater, you're like, oh, you know, what was the plot? I have no idea. But the action was <laughs> You know what I mean? And um, so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That first one, when it was just starting out, was to me the best one. Um, you got a, You got a sense of who he was. They did, you know, they did build up a character, yada, yada, so on and so forth. The stunts wasn't over, over the top. Um, They were great, you know, they were good, but they weren't like, oh, you know, and you could kind of concentrate on what the movie, you know, what all was going on in the movies, you know, and then, like I say, from that popularity, from that one, it got crazy, even though they were all good. I think the introduction of the first one was the best one. That's a very fair point, Chief. Because Gene Reno was was great. An old girl, we want the money, Ethan. Mm-hmm. So good. And and there was a little mystery to it, which they lost pretty quickly after that. Right after the second one, because John Woo was like, yo, we don't need to do that. John Woo. Um, Jace, how about you? Oh, okay. Um, my uh favorite one. It's actually uh, Mission Impossible 3. Uh, that's the one where they have uh, 
if I'm and let me ask if I'm I'm mistaken. It's like that's when he's uh, training Kerry Russell, and he was yeah. retired. He's, he thinks he's out of the game for real. Yeah. Um, so it's Seymour Hoffman's bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, Ethan, I'm going to give you kind of five. I'm going to put a bullet in her head. It's like, then you start, and then he does it. It's like, oh, well, okay, that's his way. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, we're off to the races. And that one also had Ethan around a good team of guys who were, I thought they were actually going to, if they were going to keep a Mission Impossible franchise, you would see all of those guys kind of move at least for the next two movies with them. Uh, it was a diverse cast. And you're like, oh, okay, we got uh, these guys. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in charge of MI. I mean, uh, MI. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we got a good thing going. And again, in like the Kuala Lumpur scene, that, I mean, that was just really cool. Um it's like again, I, I I love Fallout, but I think if we're going best of the six, I gotta I gotta take that as my number one. Okay, Gunner. I, I I'm shocked that I agree with Jason. Idiots. Wait, repeat that, please. What? I I I I agree. I think okay. I love the John Woo version because it's just ridiculous John Woo stuff. Does for no goddamn reason. It really Does is. all over the damn place. <laughs> but John Woo is definitely Why a gun expert. Right. Like, what the hell? John Woo is definitely a gun expert, so you're going to see different types of guns and things. It was, it was great. Tom Cruise doing his own stunts as usual was great. Um, it was just pointless stunts. Like, why am I spinning the motorcycle all the way around in a circle to fire at you? Because it like, looks that's cool. It. Because it looks so cool and super <laughs> early 2000s BS. So, but was that late 90s? I don't remember anyone. But three, don't get me wrong, I love two. If I would say number two is my second favorite, right? But three brought it back to normal <laughs> after that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, a real thing. Oh, shit. And I'm a big fan of fellow Seymour Hoffman, God bless his soul. So, you know what I mean? Like, Man, him being a villain, he's like, I'm account to five. Exactly. I'm account to five. I'm like, oh, he actually uh, did that. Yeah. That's what we're going to. And this was so long ago. Jason, did we see it together? In the theater? I don't think so. Theater was It was that long ago. Yeah. I didn't know. (laughs) We might have actually seen it together in the theater. That's how long ago it was. My God. Um, Anyway, so I. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing. Like, three brought it back from the John Woo and put it on a better track. You okay. know what I mean? For it to be a, a longer franchise. I think if it stuck All with right. the ridiculousness, it wouldn't have lasted as long as Fast and Furious. That's true. Jay King. Uh, God, I got to say Fallout. Uh, what was the one he was hanging off the side of the damn plane? Uh, all that was one of them. That was Ghost Protocol. That was wait, Ghost wait, Protocol. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that was Ghost he, Protocol he, for he, real. Was that Rogue Nation? I don't know. No, I feel like that was Ghost Nation. Protocol when he was hanging on the train, on the plane. No, that was Rogue Nation. That was Rogue Nation. Ghost Protocol to me seems like, you know, it's funny. I was watching, uh, That's I was binge watching Archer over the. Like, 
Yeah, I, I, I was binge watching Archer over the holidays up until January, right? And I forget which season it is. It's like season five or six. Season five or six of Archer is basically uh, 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 Ghost Protocol because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they get implicated and, and, and they have to Archer shut down Vice. the agency. Yeah, it's, it, pretty much. It's Archer Vice. 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 There it is. There it is. Um, Remember that? That's yeah. The, yeah, it's but that's the thing about it. It's the one of those three movies that I remember most because the other two was just action. I, I don't I don't know the plot of either of the other two movies. I just know that I love the action sequences. <laughs> I, I watched them and I instantly forgot them after that. It was like, what was the name of that movie, man? I'm trying to think. It was a movie I saw a couple of years ago with uh, the guy that played the new RoboCop and Liam Neeson. And um Oh gosh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember a damn was thing it about that movie. Tombstone? I, Jeff, I don't even think it was that complicated. It was just gunfight blow up. I think that was the title, like oh, gunfight and explosion. Right, because he was protecting his son. Yeah, it was his son. But it was so okay. They gave you that five minute setup and then the rest was just Liam Neeson shooting the shit out of New York City. <laughs> That was the rest of the movie. You didn't give a damn about anything else. I don't even know if he saved his son or not. I don't. I don't remember what happened. I do remember Maybe there was a lot of guns. Taken again. Pretty much taken with his uh, his idiot adult son. That that's what it was. Wow. Um. Yeah. Those are my. Those are the three that stood out the most to me because of the action. I saw the other three. Um. I agree with Chief too because Mission Impossible One was a real movie. Uh. Two was look. <laughs> it was 2000. It was everybody had that kind of, and, and when it came to the action genre, everybody had that post Matrix hangover. So you had slow motion effects for the sake of slow motion effects. You no know one was the worst uh, was when Charlie's Angels did it. That was the part oh, I was like, yeah, but y'all need to stop this right now. Oh like, this movie does oh, not need the matrix. Yeah. That was, it that, was it that movie's everybody's jumping the shark moment. That was like, okay, <laughs> done it. It's over. That's in bullet Didn't time, John Woo man. That that's really it. Didn't John Woo consult on that one? No, that was McG or something. That was McG, yeah. wasn't it, that guy? Oh, yeah. God. I don't know. They had yeah. the same effect. Everybody was just like, let's just John Woo everything. Let's use this style. Good God, yeah, it was the it was no that reason. popular style between the Wachowskis yeah. and uh, John Woo. It's like mm-hmm. everybody had to throw that uh, elements of of, of their uh, filmmaking, their mm-hmm. action sequences in their movie, and it just didn't go. It just doesn't go with everything, you know. Nah, like it worked for the Matrix. Stop. Yeah. Pray. Yeah. Let's end it there. Yeah. All right. Well, mine is just to be different. Fallout because the scene where Henry Cavill's loading up the machine cannon arms is like, <laughs> it's great. And I like where you have a villain working among the crew, because that's a, a callback to the first one. And I thought the elements with the cast were good. And I just like the way it played out. Like, wasn't sure if old girl from earlier was working with them. And there was like this, well, maybe she's not. Really like that one. Before my favorite was three, and I would die on that hill for a long time. I just liked action scenes and Fallout just a little bit more. But in terms of acting with a bad guy, Philip Seymour Hoffman still is my favorite villain in the series. Well, that was way longer than I thought. I like this discussion, so we're going to do two more next week. But for now, fellas, it's that magical time. Who, if you possibly have any nominees this week, or nominees for Dummies of the Week? Jace, why don't you start? 
Dummies of the Week. Oh, man. You know, we we haven't talked about our favorite show besides The Bachelor. Married at First Sight. What? Since we can't, we're, and let's be honest, you guys are addicted to it, and we are too. Um, And it's because of our favorite couple, Chris and Paige. Uh, so once again, after, hey, I got a baby mama on the way, and I'm bringing baby mama to have a date with you. But you didn't pop off like I wanted to, so I'm mad about that. So I'm going to have a one-on-one conversation with you just to see if I can really make sure I can get this uh, franchise spinoff going. I'm going to have a conversation with you. And just to see if I can make that, the producers come back to me one more time. I'm going to see if I'm going to try and make this. I'm going to see if I can make relationship work because I may be falling in love with you. Tune in next week to see. and. You know what, Paige, Paige, uh, as my dummy of the week, you know, because everybody else after somebody says, hey, I met you a week ago. I got a baby mama on the way. Uh, she used to be my ex-fiance like two months ago. Paige is, no, I'm going to see where this takes us. And you know what? He said he might actually have think he has a future with me. So I'm going to give him another chance. I'm going to let this reset happen. I'm sorry, is is most of the females that maybe she didn't have good girlfriends that can't tell her, are you a fool? <laughs> it's time to walk away. Maybe that's the case, but if she doesn't, is not listening to them, or she's not trying to scam for her own franchise after this, Paige is my dummy of the week. Now for a very long time. Uh, Gunner, how about you? No, I actually don't really have one. All right. Chief, you got one? Senator Rob Johnson. How about that? I don't know. He's an idiot. I'll just throw somebody out there. Uh, yeah, so I've seen like a couple of videos this week of people who are trying to get away from the cop by shooting at him. Stop shooting at the cops. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's not going to work out well. I mean, that seemed like a successful strategy. Yeah. So now you you've got fleeing and evading, and you're going to turn that up to attempted murder or perhaps the death of yourself. So, um, if you have a gun in the car, go ahead and take the gun charge. Get a lawyer. Uh, and, and and you know, hopefully you have no priors. You can probably get out of it. You know what I mean? The gun charge isn't really that, uh, you know, it's not really going to necessarily send you to jail unless, of course, you have a body on it. But Unless you have a John Woo special effect and doves flying around. Yeah. So I've seen several people. Otherwise, it's poetic. Yeah, yeah. Try to take a shot at a cop this week because they had a gun on them or a gun in the car and they were pretty much killed. And I'm, you know, and although I want to, I want to say this in a nice way, I don't feel bad for you in a sense like I think you kind of had that coming by trying to kill someone else um even though I don't want to see it like I I I, I wish you would have made a different judgment call um I just I don't see I think that's the dumbest thing in the world one of the dumbest things in the world 
um, besides, you know, eating cinnamon and Tide Pods and things of that nature. But Gorilla glue in your hair. Yeah, and glue and gorilla glue in your hair. Um, <laughs> I think shooting at a cop is... is Who would be uh, stupid enough to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think shooting shooting at a cop is is uh, up there on that scale, man. Um, go ahead, you know, take the charge, fight in the court, man. Stop shooting to get away. That is that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Um, so that's that's my dummy of the week. Anybody who's gonna shoot at a cop to try to get away in order to catch later on that murder charge that doesn't make any sense. So you got a way to go to jail. Right. All right. My choice is all of the Pearl Clutchers who called the FCC this week after Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion performed the WAP because they were like, this is obscene. Let's get this off my TV. I, want to talk, I don't want anything about this. Okay. Is this the 80s? What the hell? How many times on the Grammy performance did they say, hey, Cardi B... And Megan Thee Stallion are performing WAP. And you can't say in 2020 that you don't know or heard that song. And you looked at the video and be like, you know what? I think I really should watch that video and see what they're going to perform live. You have ample warning. If you haven't put your kids to bed at 10 o'clock, you deserve everything you're about to see. Like, no sympathy at all. Gosh. You deserve to see them two scissoring on stage. (laughs) Exactly. Your kids are up doing that. You cannot complain, man. Hey, by the way, your children, your children have 24-7-365 access to electric sex. They have 24-7-365 access to electric sex. They have phones, they have tablets, they have laptops. Oh, girls probably right now watching somebody do something inappropriate. This is the world that we live in. Take it away from you. Have a choice. Take it away from them, or proceed. And if you're mad, call the Grammy. And if you're mad, it's because you got that dap, not that (laughs) wop. The milk's gone bad. Two thumbs down, Javon. This goes out to another group. I know what was that last Sunday, uh, not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, you know, Oprah gave or had that interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And there's been like a, a, a week and a half long fallout that continues, you know, followed by Sharon Osbourne, Pierce Morgan, they're falling out with their whole thing, right? Yeah. My dummy are the people, my dummies are the people who were kind of surprised that uh, the British royal family could be racist towards. Uh, or have racial, uh, in, racially insensitive attitudes towards Meghan Markle. No, it's the British royal family. It's the British royal family. What do you? Did you think it was going to be like a Tyler Perry movie where they, there was some hesitance <laughs> at first, and then before you know it, they're playing. It's getting hot in here at a cookout at Windsor Palace, and the Queen is busting it low. What, what did you think? What did you think was going to happen? She watched Daps and, you know, she was cornrowing the queen's head and her and uh, Kate Middleton was going to go out shopping for a Gucci bag. What what did you expect? What did you expect? (laughs) Come on, man. But but can we be real here for a second? She's not, Megan's not that 
type of black person. I'm going to say it just like that. Struggling with the ambiguity and all that bullshit, right? Like, I know people do. That's fine. But at the same time, this is what you get when you choose ambiguity. Sorry. You thought it was going to be all cool. Yes. (laughs) I mean. Hey, it's not. If you didn't think that was going to happen to you, and I read that somewhere, too. I'm like, I finally, somebody finally articulated in a way I couldn't. You you've kind of lived in this ambiguous world where your skin tone currently helps you be more right. acceptable. There's a privilege right. with that. I know mm-hmm. that's just how life is. <laughs> so you go over there and they're like, oh, no, you're still no. black. You don't know how you're to deal with a, that because you never had to deal with that. You never had to deal with that. So she finally had her wake up moment, right? Thank you. She couldn't handle it. And I was so, thinking, like, what the hell did you, what did you expect? What did so you include expect? her into those dumb Oh, she's included. Sorry, okay. I was just trying because... to, hey, Gunner, I, I, I included her as well, but I'm trying to be, a, you know, tiptoe the line there. Because somebody's going to defend, but I don't, you know what, that, the, hey, hey, the hat's <laughs> off now. The, the gloves are off now, yeah. What did you expect? What did you expect? Right. This was not going to go as you planned. I, I don't, I don't understand it. But you know, everybody got to have yeah. their wake up call. They cool. Everybody, the dude, the dude seemed cool. You know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't messing with. He's like, look, I'm following you. So mm-hmm. you know, that's that's commendable, I guess. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna hate on the whole situation, but mm-hmm. I nip things in the bud. That's all I got to say about that. Right. I understand. I understand what how life works. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, living without blinders on, you know. Right. Um, you don't want the black princess? Not at all. Not at all. No um, blinders. All right. Yeah, so let's go no blinders. Man, because we're heading over on our time here, and Jake has uh, a show to But uh, save that thought for later, for next week's show. We'll break down two more of the best of the franchises. And Snyder Cut of Justice League because we've all got four hours. I know Javon does. And, yeah, let's try to watch that Walking Dead, too, because I think it'll be interesting. Fellas, thank y'all as always for rolling with me. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode of Loud Movie Files has been fired.